Welcome to another episode of Truths Be Told. I'm your host, Lindsay Mullen. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It has been a while since we've had an episode. Uh, I've been very busy on tour with a burlesque show called Tease, and it took me all the way to Edmonton, and it totally monopolized my life. And uh, now I'm back, and I'm so happy to be back. If there's any new listeners, Truths Be Told is a comedy storytelling podcast um, with a little bit of pathos, a little bit of heart. So sometimes it's not funny and you just have to sit through that and experience it. Um, But it's always fun and it's always interesting. I bring on amazing guests who uh, have stories from their own life that are true stories that revolve around a theme that I have every episode. Before I jump in with uh, this week's theme, just going to tell you where I'm at and why I've been gone for so long. Uh, I, of course, was very busy with the burlesque show and touring that, and uh, it took up all of my physical resources and mental energy and emotional health, and I ended up uh, experiencing a lot of mental health issues over the summer, and, uh, you know, I'm affected by OCD and panic disorder are things I struggle with. So uh, it was a challenging summer, very challenging. So many high highs because the show itself did great. The reviews were like the best reviews I've ever received in my career. And then, you know, the ticket sales, unbelievable. And the audience response and the shows, it just felt so great and empowering and women working together. And then, you know, It's followed by extreme anxiety and stress that your brain comes up with. It's very weird how you can be doing so well in one part of your life and so crap in another part. But overall, I'm doing okay right now. And I wanted to get back in the studio while also being on the mend. So I'm emotionally on the mend. I'm meditating, talking to my therapist about every feeling that passes through my body. It's good. It's great. Anyways, this week, this week is going to be fun because we have a topic that I have been wanting to tackle for a while now. It is the topic of strangers. Yes, strangers. More specifically, uh, a time that maybe you met somebody on the street or on the subway or something, someone you don't know, and they left an impression on you. Maybe they were um, strange and off-putting, or maybe you connected and you really had a, a deep emotional human-to-human experience. So I have guests on today who have all met a stranger that left a lasting impression on them. Like everybody else who lives in a big city, I have had every type of experience with strangers that you can imagine, positive and negative. But what I choose to take away from uh, stranger-to-stranger interactions is it renews my faith in humanity. Strangers renew my faith in humanity. Every time I have a positive meeting with someone I don't know, it really does stick with me. And I actually have three anecdotes that spring to mind. Um, The first one was I was sitting at a place called the Queen Mother Cafe on Queen Street. It's a great restaurant. Um, It's it's on Queen Street near Much Music. And that's, (laughs) 
I'm still like a child, so every time I try and tell anyone directions in Toronto, it's always how close it is to much music. Um, anyways, so in the restaurant, they have a big window, and it's you could eat right against the window, and the street is right there. Like, a person could stop on the sidewalk and put their face up to the window and watch you eat if they wanted. And I'm sitting there alone, and I'm having a meal, and I'm munching on, like, salad, I believe. And I was alone, so I just had no sense of propriety whatsoever. I just was munching. I was masticating like a cow, and it was delicious and wonderful. And then the streetcar, it pulls up, and it stops, because there's a stop right outside of the window. And I see a man make eye contact with me and he's sitting at the back of the streetcar looking out the window and we make eye contact and he sees me munching and he starts mocking me. He just starts munching like in an exaggerated cow-like way like he's eating a salad even though he's not eating anything and he's munching and staring me down in the eye like yeah look how you look like a <laughs> you look like a cow lady and we're just staring at each other and i become very self-conscious for half a second as this man just munches and stares me down but then um <laughs> i i realized we were having fun with each other and this person could in fact be my soulmate so i um i started licking my lips exaggerated like a cartoon character, and then licking the tips of my fingers like an evil gremlin who had just eaten a plate of chicken wings, just like each individual finger. Like, and uh, he was so shocked. His face, like he really thought he had me. He was so shocked, and he just burst out laughing, and then the streetcar pulled away right at that moment. And I'll never see him again. And um, I am in a loving relationship, but... Let's just say, on dark nights, I have doubts that maybe the man that's right for me pulled away <laughs> that one day. Uh, okay, so that's a fun anecdote with a stranger I'll never forget. Um, a more recent one was I was on an airplane going to Mexico a few months ago. And I have, as I mentioned before, terrible anxiety. I get panic attacks. You do not want to sit next to me on a flight. I am the person that stops the... Um, airline stewardess every five seconds and goes, are we okay? I am that person when everything is fine. And I'm, I'm sitting at the window seat. It's a packed flight. And I mean, I was already nervous the whole flight. But then anything happens, any little thing happens, and I suddenly go into extreme panic mode, something must be wrong. Well, nothing was wrong. But halfway through the flight, the the captain came on and said that they were rerouting or something. And so now we were flying over water and we weren't originally going to fly over water. And they legally have to now do a demonstration of what to do in an emergency while flying over water. So basically they're putting on uh, life preservers and explaining to blow into a little plastic thing. And they just now have to do, th do this legally. So the flight attendant is demonstrating this. And even though nothing's going wrong, I've just decided that this means that they're all preparing us to, to die in the water. And I just start, like, doing the... <sighs> like the heavy, upsetting breathing sounds. Panicking, shaking, sweating. 
And there is a middle-aged man. Um, uh, I believe he was Japanese. I- I'm not sure. Um, I remember that I, I don't think he spoke English. And he was asleep. And he, was, um, he had his eyes shut, but his arms folded. And he was very stoic and asleep and calm. And I'm making these anxiety noises next to him. And then he just opens one eye and looks at me because he can hear me being like, uh, uh, uh. and he very calmly looked at me and then put out his hand and he said, I help. And he just held out his hand. And it was the nicest, most like small gesture, but so amazing. I, of course, held his hand and just whimpered. And he just shut his eyes and was very calm. And I saw his family all lean in from the other uh, row, like, what is our dad doing? But he was just totally chill, totally calm. And I was just like, this guy is amazing. Even though I'm pretty sure that based on um, the limited things he did say to me, uh, that he may not have spoke English, I... I definitely felt like like he, we were communicating on a level that uh, you rarely experience with other people, just pure kindness. So he is in my mind forever. Love him. My final anecdote involving a stranger uh, is from my days working in Yorkville, part-time retail job at a unnamed wine store. <laughs> and... Um, I was bored there all day and I would be at a bar for tasting and I would pour small amounts for people and pretend I knew stuff about wine and um, people would come in all day long and because it's Yorkville, it's a lot of fur coats, it's a lot of older ladies who uh, have no patience for me whatsoever, Um, but every once in a while someone would come in and they would be incredibly vulnerable with you. And I don't know if that's because I was in a place that sold alcohol or if people are just lonely and there's a certain demographic of people that aren't working because they don't need to work and they just kind of wander in and want to talk to someone. Or that I'm at a tasting bar and so they feel like it's an actual bar even though it's a store. Um, I remember one evening... You know, I was I was pouring little bits of wine for people and people would sip it pretentiously and pretend they were going to buy it. Um, and this lady came in and she was really sad. She had a real sad vibe. And it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something and it was dead. And she came in and she wanted to try the wine. And I poured her some wine. And because I was not a good employee, I poured myself some wine. And we're standing there and she's just trying to be happy, but I could tell she's not happy, older lady. And uh, then she says, I asked her why if she was around, if she was from around Toronto. She said, no, I've flown in from Calgary, which is where I'm originally from. And I said, oh, and we talked about that. And I said, what brings you to Toronto? Oh, my son lives here. Well, my son lived here. My son died last week and I'm here to you like move his body or something and I was like oh my god 
And she said he had mental health issues for a very long time. And she was fuzzy on the details about everything. But I guess he died alone in his apartment. And anyways, we had this conversation that was very sad. And and I let her get into it because I feel like she needed it. And by the end of it, I finally just looked at her across the bar and I just went, can I hug you? Like, can I go over and hold you? Is that okay? And then she was like, okay. And I think I even for her benefit phrased it like I needed a hug because I think if I told her she needed a hug, I don't know if she would have liked that. And I went over and we just held each other for like a really long time. A complete stranger. I don't remember her name. And we just held each other. And then she finished her wine. We chatted for a few minutes. Then she said, thank you. And then she walked away. And I feel like she will be burned in my mind for a very long time. So if you can take anything away from this, um, you know, you really can affect strangers, even on a micro level. You know, everyone just wants to connect. Everybody does. Um, which brings me to a connection I'm about to have because Russ, my sound guy, is not here anymore. I guess he's in school or he's trying to better himself in some way or he hates me. I don't know why he's not here, but we have a new sound person who I already feel very charmed by. She's very nice. Uh, hello, Kim. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. You, It's perfect that you're here for the Strangers episode because you are a stranger to me. We have talked for five minutes total. Yeah, so I can't use our anecdote as the story. No. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a new one. Oh, you have one? I actually do. I, um, I'm a small town girl that just moved to Toronto. Oh. So I'm learning the difference between meeting strangers in small towns Versus meeting strangers in a big city like Toronto. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and small towns people say hi to you on the street, even if they don't know you. Like they they're do. very warm. They do. Yeah. So, uh, what what experiences have you noticed, or what things? Um, I've learned that there are some stranger encounters that are great to have in the city, and there's some that are not so great. So I've really had to adjust my um, spidey senses about who are the right people to interact with and who are not the right people to interact with. That being said, I've had some great interactions with people. Um, even on the subway on the way in today, I think animals are a great precursor <laughs> to meeting strangers. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were saying, I talk to the animals on the subway, not the well, people. Well, I do that too. <laughs> but um, this morning there were two beautiful bulldogs on the streetcar on the way. I talk to every person with a bulldog in this city. Yeah, they're I feel you. irresistible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my encounter this morning. The dogs broke the ice and I ended up talking to um, their foster parents who were taking him to the vets. And it really made my morning, actually. Yeah. It's, it's nice, the, uh, you know, when you're used to taking the subway or the streetcar on your own and you everyone's got their head down and no one's talking to each other. So it it's nice to have an interaction sometimes like that. With yeah. People. And it, you know, it's, it's, I agree with you. And yeah. you don't think that uh, a moment with a stranger will, will give you something back. We all want to have moments with people we know really well. That's the stuff that gives us the dopamine high, but 
There's something real special about connecting with strangers. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Kim, I'm so excited for you to be here. Me too. It's going to be great. It is. Um, Kim, everybody. That was Kim. She's great. Um, and now this segues in. Well, this isn't a very good segue, but I feel like it's a segue into the quote of the episode, which is inspired by the theme. It's by William Butler Yeats, who was an Irish poet. And you may have heard variations on this quote. The quote is, there are no strangers here, only friends who have not yet met. Oh, that's cute. And it's true. Every single person that you are close with in your life, they were a stranger at one point. Even your mom, you had quite an introduction to her. It, it was your introduction. I mean, based on the introduction to your own mother, it's a miracle she even talks to you anymore. Uh, all right, guys, let's jump in. I have some amazing guests. Let's do it. I'm sitting here with Rob Norman. Rob Norman is so many things. He's a guy that wouldn't give me <laughs> a clear intro for him. So I'm just going to tell you uh, all oh, the things. Oh, no. Oh, Rob Norman. He's a comedian. Oh, he's an improviser, oh, a fantastic no. improviser. He's an improv teacher. Oh, People no. have learned from no, him. No, no, no. <laughs> he has a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very successful, more successful than this podcast. Impossible. What's that podcast called? It's called Personal Best. Oh, you've probably heard of it. Oh, and he is uh, funny and charming, and he's he's a tall person. He's <laughs> please go on. <laughs> he's so many things. He's Rob Norman. Welcome. That's me. I'm here. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks, so um, we're talking about strangers on the episode, mm -hmm. and you have whew, you have an experience with strangers that is more on the dark end of the spectrum. Yes. What happened? <laughs> um. I mean, last year this time, I wasn't doing super well. I had just no. um, gone through a really bad breakup. I had lost my house. I would lost my cat, who I love very much. And this relationship was so important to me that I put all of my time into it. I stopped doing um, improv shows. I stopped hanging with, with my friends to make more room for her friends. Oh, boy. And, you know, when a relationship ended, it didn't end on very good terms. So I had to rush to find a new place to live. And I was just in a very dark place. And so I was going for a walk. And I thought to myself, oh, Rob, this is rock bottom. You've hit rock bottom right now. Walking. Walking. <laughs> Where's the limo? What kind of what kind of pedestrian <laughs> am I, literally? Um and, and I was walking and I just thought like, oh, like it can't get any worse. And I think anytime you think that, the universe always has a way of providing and oh, helping in God. a way. Do you believe that? I, I I wanna ask you more about this, but I do think energy stuff are you inviting things i don't like that because it sometimes sounds victim blamey to people mm -hmm. but i do wonder if we sometimes put out something mm -hmm. i don't know whenever i tense up i find some negative stuff ends up finding me more than when i'm relaxed right maybe even in that idea do you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah but um so what time of night i'm assuming it's night because no problem this is um this is evening it's 9 p.m sunday november 24th oh it is a day like that just happen to know the date <laughs> oh, and so boy. i'm thinking like oh like things can't get any worse and the universe is like you know what no problem we're gonna help oh you God. we're gonna help by sending two men in masks to come mug you and break your foot <laughs> Uh, so I was lock walking down Gorevale, which is like right beside this beautiful park. And mm. I I saw two men behind me with masks pulled over their faces. And I thought to myself, 
that's probably nothing. And the, the reason why is in 2008, four men broke into my house. They tied me up and they brutally beat me with a gun. Oh, I'm sorry. You've you've experienced strangers doing awful things to you before? Well, this was the first time was in my house. This was Someone outside. invaded your house. Yeah, they, they broke, tied you up. Yeah, they broke down my door and they tied me up and they <gasps> beat me with a gun. So, oh my god. <laughs> so, when I'm walking all the time and people are behind me, I'm like, that person's going to rob me. That person's going to rob me. That pregnant mother is going to rob me. Like I always am having this interior monologue. And so I just thought, oh, I'm being silly again. There's nothing wrong with two intimidating men. They can't control that they look intimidating. Their faces are cold. It's a cold night. Let them wear a mask, Rob. Why are you being so rude to them? Like, let them live, you live. So I go back to my phone and I'm just like texting. And all of a sudden I hear these scampering of feet. I go, uh-oh, that's the sound of violence. One of the good things about um, having being home invaded is that you're stuck in the trauma all the time so you spend oh, a lot this of this is the good thing this is really good because you spend a lot of time thinking about what you would do oh my so God. like i have a very detailed plan about like getting home invaded i have a very detailed plan of getting mugged and the good news about the story was my plan went perfectly so the first thing i did was step immediately into the street because what i'm hoping for is i'm going to get hit by a car or like a driver's gonna get involved. So I step into the street, this guy runs at me, I scream, I take a deep breath, he hits me, he knocks my diaphragm, I get a second scream out, that's two screams before I hit the ground, hit the ground, then I get a third scream out, I push this guy off of me, the second guy runs up. Now in, a, in the robbery that I experienced, I'm imagining it was a smash and grab, so it's not like getting mugged where someone's like, hey, give me your stuff. They hit you from behind as hard as they possibly can, knock you unconscious, basically incapacitate you, and then strip things off your corpse pretty much. But because I got three good screams out, the second guy who's supposed to kick my head in was so confused. He had no idea what to do. So he freaked out and he ran away. How did you, how did you know he was supposed to kick your head in? I mean, I'm just kind of filling in the blanks for myself. But if you're hitting someone from behind without asking, I mean, what else could his job be? Oh and and the reason why I thought something went wrong with the three screams, because he didn't do his job. The first guy who was very aggressive, he freaked out and he ran away. So they both just like ran. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, that wasn't that bad. That's a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I guess if you look at it that way, you probably were like, well, I got a few points in this one. Uh -huh. in the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a nice loop of closure for me whereas like the first robbery i handled it so poorly it was very embarrassing i'll tell it to you another time oh my god what you can't tease with a story <laughs> that might be better <laughs> what but this time it went perfectly and so um, an irish man came out and he was just like oh are you okay i was like i got mugged and he called the police and he's like come inside for a pot of tea oh good i was wondering he didn't sound irish oh i didn't want to do the voice <laughs> i can't do the voice so why would i bother um and so I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. So I get up and, and then I, I think, oh, something's not right here. My foot hurts a little bit. I probably sprained it. So the ambulance come, the police come, and the ambulance is like, well, we'll take you to the hospital because we have to. And they're like, do you want to walk or take the gurney? I'm like, oh, of course, I'll walk. Hmm. I start walking. And the paramedics are like, something's not right. I'm like, no. Trust me, I'm fine. Um, my you dad, wouldn't listen to them? No. I mean, wow. my, my dad was British. And my mom's a librarian. Nobody has any feelings. <laughs> you just suffer through it. But like, I, I literally couldn't walk. And what had happened in the robbery, this guy's boot had come down on my kid's shoe. And he gave me a Lisfranc fracture. Do you know what that is? 
It sounds like Lisa Frank sticker. I, that's all I heard. All I picture is a rainbow sticker with a poodle on it. Okay, but so, yes. So the bones in your foot, they form like a keystone. So if you think of like a medieval door, there's a bunch of stones that are all balanced. That oh, kind of create that semicircle. You pull one out, all the stones fall apart. Yeah, that friction. Yeah, your foot is that. And so if one bone is out of place, you, your foot literally becomes a bag of bones. I didn't know that. That's and that's awful. what happened to me. Oh, I hope I don't get a Lisa Frank fracture. Don't get a Lisa Frank <laughs> fracture. Um, um, so I ended up going to the hospital. It turns out the Lisa Frank fracture is an incredibly bad fracture <laughs> to get. It's really, really bad. I need surgery. Oh, God. So I had to have three screws drilled into my foot. Um, yeah. And uh, I can't walk for about um, six to eight months. Um, also, they said, yeah, definitely after, after I went to the ER, they were like, tomorrow, show up. Um, um, to meet with your surgeon. My surgeon never called me. I tried to call. My surgeon was like, we don't want to see you. Finally, I got in to see him two or three weeks later, and he was like, well, I can't help you now. There's too much swelling. But if you would have come the day after your accident, we could have helped you right away. But um, no, you're going to have to wait a month. So I waited a month. I ended up getting my surgery on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so... Now was, you're better, though. And you're, right? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's interesting about strangers, especially with this theme, mm -hmm. is, you know, during that process, I learned a lot about myself. And I learned a lot about people in my life who I might think were very close to me, who actually were strangers. Oh, that's an interesting take. Like, and because, yeah, I've noticed this too, With if you're going through any sort of struggle, mental health, or um, any kind of struggle at all, death, uh, people will often be like, you know, let me know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge difference from the people that put the onus on you to contact them for help mm -hmm. and people that show up with a casserole mm -hmm. or show up and help you tidy or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like you realize, oh, I thought I was closer with this person. And then there's people that come out of the woodwork that you're like, oh, I totally underestimated you. You're such an important person in my life and I had no idea until this moment. So. My ex-girlfriend never visited me. All of those friends I'd spent all this time with, they never contacted me to see if I was okay. It was these random people or friends that maybe I had kind of like made less time for because I was hanging with these new people who really stepped out and really took care of me. Um, I mean, I don't know how thematic we want to get here, but I've been thinking a lot about the story of the Good Samaritan. Do you know that one? It's a story from the Bible. Oh, I uh, no, I'm oh boy. <laughs> I'll try not to be too boring about it, but it's a story of this wandering Jew who's going through the desert. He sees three guys who kind of look like him; they're dressed like him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm running out of water. I'm running out of food." Hey guys, how's it going? And the three men beat him to death. They take his water. They take his food. They leave him there to die in the desert. Oh. As he's there, he sees he's a Sumerian, and the Sumerians and Jews weren't on great terms. So he's like, "Oh, well, this is the end of my life. This enemy has come to kill me." But instead, the Sumerian gives him water, gives him food, heals his wounds, and then walks him back to civilization and saves his life. Well, that's a nice story. I think it is a nice story. And I think, like, I think the happy part, because I was trying to think of, like, telling the story to you, and I was like, it's just so sad. Like, Friday and Saturday nights, I literally lied in a bed. Oh, I should mention this, too. While I was getting robbed, I was in the middle of moving. So inside of my house, which is on the third story, there was nothing in my bedroom. There was a Casper Aww. mattress and a box. And so I would spend Friday and Saturday nights literally lying and looking up at a ceiling, being like, 
oh, well, I, I can't contact anyone. I'm, I don't. I can't ask for help. I don't know how to. I spent all this time oh, by myself. Rob, I wish I'd known I would have come over with snacks. But I, just, I couldn't ask. I couldn't ask for help. It was impossible I didn't even me. know until you were well into your injury and right. walking and doing shows that yeah. you were injured. I had no idea. Because I, I think I posted something on Instagram or Facebook, but I was, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I had to ask for help, right? Yeah. Uh, um, can I ask you, yeah. uh, unless there was something you really wanted to say, but I... I wanted to ask, how has this affected the way you view strangers or people you haven't met? Do you find that you're more guarded as a person walking down the street naturally? Or are you still open or are you cynical? <laughs> no, I think, you know, when you get robbed for the first time, you go through all of that, like that trauma and that PTSD. The second time you're like, I've done this before. I know how this works. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think there's any, like, I'm not even mad at those guys, right? Like, I don't have any anger, I don't have any resentment, because they were strangers to me, right? I think the, the part that's hard is like, oh, these are the people that I banked on, like the people who I really counted on, the people mm. that I was really counting on to be there, they weren't there, they kind of left me to die. That's what it felt like, right? I know that feeling exactly. And so I think what I experienced was very much like an ego death. Like, if you... If something bad happens in your life, you usually rely on the other pillars of your life. Mm -hmm. But all of my pillars went all at the same time, like my house, my career, because I couldn't work, my friends, what I considered to be my family, like everything was just gone simultaneously. And when that happens, like you're not you anymore. Like you yeah. have to rebuild everything from the ground up. The, the nice thing about this story was between my breakup and my robbery, I had gone on a bumble date and I'd gone on a bumble date because I just wanted to embarrass myself. It's like, I'm not ready to date. I know I'm not ready to date, but like, I just want to get this like over with. I want to do a bad job, have closure in my relationship. And then maybe in a little while, I'll think about dating. Yeah. So I got a couple of dates with this, this woman. And when my robbery happened, I texted her. I was like, oh, just so you know, I got robbed. And we, were, we didn't know each other at all, pretty much. This woman cancels work, drives, to, to the place where I got robbed, took me to the hospital, stayed up with me all night. Then when I had my surgery, she canceled her Christmas with her family. What? So I wasn't alone. Had you already had the Bumble date? We had gone like like maybe like a handful, like maybe a dozen Bumble dates. Rob, a dozen? That's a ton of dates. But That's like, like a girlfriend. <laughs> but it's it was very casual still. Like it, like it wasn't like, a, it wasn't, it was a girlfriend, but like wasn't like a serious girlfriend. And then she, when I was too sick on meds to go up for New Year, she stayed back there as well too. Um, and I think for me, that was surprising that, that someone kind of came into my life and really for a long time when things were really dark on the Friday and Saturday nights when I was alone, I just, I just had this one person and, and that was like, that was my saving grace. So that's I think it's beautiful for me. That's, that was my good Samaritan story. And that person, Tara, I'm still with now. Um, and I don't think I would have made it without her. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so this was supposed to be the sad part of the show, but this is like, but this is a beautiful part. I'm getting sad. I'm oh, get, oh you are. Teary -eyed. He's getting teary-eyed. No, I'm going to look oh, away. It's really great. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's that's really beautiful. And I'm so happy that you could find that on the other side of something so traumatic. People step up. I think that's like the good part of it. Yeah. Rob, thank mm -hmm. you for being on the show. My Do you have pleasure. anything you'd like to promo, like your wonderful show, Personal Best? 
yeah, I, I make a podcast called Personal Best. It's on the CBC. Um, you can listen to it on iTunes or wherever you get this incredible podcast that you're already subscribed to. This podcast that you've already Hell yeah. you've already liked on iTunes. You've had a review. You've shared it on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> you know, while you're there, you can Google whatever podcast I do. But make sure you do that first. That's smooth. That was smooth. <laughs> I loved that. Rob, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm sitting here with Claire McConnell. Yes. Hello. She is an actress and comedian. She's very funny. I've known her for many years. Uh, she is known for being a Klingon on the new <laughs> Star Trek series. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to dip into that fan base, so I really hope there's some Trekkies. Oh, they'll really, find it. I hope they, they find it. They will come. <laughs> uh, also, she is in the Second City National Touring Company in Toronto, and yeah. I've seen her perform, and she's she's killing it. She's amazing. Uh, Claire, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love storytelling shows. I love all kinds of storytelling podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you are a natural storyteller. You have a great story to tell about a stranger you once met. It's very whimsical. It, it, yeah. There are kind of two perspectives that could be taken on it, um, and you can kind of choose your own adventure as to who you think this man was. But um, <laughs> it just... scared me. It was a good story. I wasn't sure how to feel. Go well, ahead. <laughs> I, was, um, I was 18 and was traveling Europe alone. Um, was in Paris, beautiful Paris. I had always wanted to go. Um, and I, I met this woman on the street, who, like around my age, just like a young woman who invited me to an electro swing night okay. in a very cool area. It was like a private electro swing party in, in this uh, like cool neighborhood in Paris. I was like, absolutely, I'll go. Um, so I got all dressed up and put on this little like blue dress that I had and um, I headed to the metro and was walking down the stairs when this young-ish man, um, I'd, say, I'd say like in his, in his mid-twenties, although I didn't have a good gauge of age when I was 18. <laughs> there was a 90-year-old man yes. <laughs> in the metro talking to Claire. Um, and he, he came up to me and, and said, you made it. And I was like, Oh, um, I'm sorry. I, I don't think I, and I started kind of walking past him and he said, no, you made it. You're wearing the beautiful dress I got you. And I, I said, excuse me. And he said, it matches your eyes. I knew it would. And, um, looking back, <laughs> I think run. That's, <laughs> that's what I love about the story. She told me this story and it was very like, she said it like she's in a beautiful dream romantic movie. And I hear the story and I'm like, this is a scary story. Well, <laughs> I mean, but then he, then he says, um, he, he kind of stepped a little bit closer to me. I, I didn't really feel there was something, I just didn't feel scared. I didn't feel, um, there were no spidey senses going off. And he just said, um, he was like, they're watching us. And <laughs> no spidey senses. Still no spidey senses. <laughs> okay. um, and I was like, who's watching? And he kind of had this like little smile on his face. It wasn't it wasn't all dead serious, but he's like, they're watching us. Um, you need to link um, arms with me or they'll they'll know that um, 
that we're, uh, he didn't, they will know that um, we're with, that we're part of the agency. We didn't say spies, but it was implied. It was very much implied that we were spies doing like a drop off. And I was like, oh, um, okay. okay. Did he say this like he was in maybe perhaps very mentally ill person who believed this? At the time, it seemed playful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Claire. Oh, my God. My response would have been so different. It's so funny. Like, there's so many stories that I look back on. I'm like, oh, my God. So he says, we can't let them know. We can't can't let them know. And then so he linked um, arms with me. And then he said, in three seconds, we're going to run. And I was like, <laughs> what? Who is, this is the love of my life. What? Because <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I was an 18-year-old traveling Europe alone. Like, if there's anyone looking for something like this to happen to them, like, it's, it's for true. sure me. I, that's like what I, that's what I live and breathe. Yeah, that's you're a I'm young want. ingenue. I'm you're a You're waiting <laughs> for this to happen. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so he, he counts down. And then we run like we run like hell through the paris metro and then he kind of pulls me into this this little doorway and he's like we made it okay they didn't see i was like okay good good Good, i'm glad they didn't see and um we start walking towards um towards like the the station i guess like lower into where the actual uh, trains are now now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, oh, he was for sure going to push you on the train tracks. But that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> if I hear myself telling this story, I'm like, oh, my God, my mother would kill me. Um, yeah. And, and then he said, um, he said, I was like, I have to go. I have to go to a private electro swing party. I'm so sorry. And he's like, well, you know, um, we will meet again at this metro station at this time on this day. And then he just walked away. So he, he named a day that he's like, I'll meet you again at this time. A day, time, and metro station. And I was like, great. So <laughs> I was like, I got to go otherwise, you know, for the sake of you the didn't, agency. You didn't. For the sake of the agency. <laughs> Did well, you go? We, uh, he, he said, he said, kiss me on the, on the cheek so that they think that we're together. <laughs> <laughs> so... I was like, well, of course. And he's like looking around all sort of like suspicious, like they're watching. And <laughs> and there's no one. There's no one. I mean, Did you begin to think at any point maybe there is someone watching and he's telling the no. truth? No, you always knew this was but, either a joke that's bizarre yeah, or like a he's weird very flirtation. ill. Oh, um, the <laughs> illness hadn't crossed my mind at that point. Um, still very much like, wow, how romantic. We're spies in Paris. <laughs> Fully bought in this little like improv child was like, mm, we a <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I kissed him on the cheek and then he walked away and I went to this uh, this party. Um, and then the day came and of course I put on my blue dress and I went. And you showed up <laughs> at the station at the time I he said? showed up for my murder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my murder appointment. Yeah. And I uh, stepped off the subway and he and he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, well, you know, every fantasy has to end somewhere. And I realized after like half an hour standing there and he hadn't given me his phone number or anything like I did. There was no exchange of information. Um, and I realized there were two exits. So I went over to the other one. There he was. He's standing there in a full suit again. He was there. He was there. 
and and I thought and I was like okay now we've kind of had this fun game like now we're just gonna go on a date and it'll be like remember when I pretended we were spies so I walked over and I was like hi how are you and he's like they can see us we have to run (laughs) (laughs) and so we run over to this restaurant this like fancy sort of cocktail-y restaurant like fake fancy though all the cocktails were very expensive but very like food coloring-y um, mm-hmm. And we went in and sat beside this uh, this American couple, and they were talking about, like, very loudly about, like, um, all the, the, the things that they'd eaten that day. I remember this lady, like, describing a cake in detail to the person she'd eaten the cake with. <laughs> like, <laughs> it made no sense. But he was like, they're talking in code. We need to, like, we need to crack their code. So we spent, we hung out for, like, two hours pretending to be spies um and she I'm, went up to yeah i'm yeah. gonna be honest i'm being won over a little Thank bit on you. This. yes like i all the red flags are waving in my head but also i'm i'm kind of jumping in uh, i kind of find this romantic yeah. i hate to say but like it did make a difference that like when i met him he was in a three-piece suit he was like perfectly groomed like a young uh, attractive guy who's like he didn't need this ruse and there was something about that that was i don't know why that, whimsical that made me feel safe yeah that i was like okay he's not just I don't, yeah there wasn't an immediate creepiness um <laughs> so we were like hanging out and talking in this cafe uh about the code and like we're cracking the code and like passing notes to each other so that the americans couldn't hear <laughs> us um and then the night kind of came to a natural end and we walked over to the subway and um he, he's uh, they're wa- uh, they're watching us kiss me and so I kissed him and he said you taste like vanilla and then he walked into the subway and I never saw him again oh you never saw him again nope do you know his name nope did he know your name nope you never said name we're spies we oh, can't say names. Can say Claire <laughs> Claire the story okay any kiss? Was it a good kiss? It was a very good kiss, and apparently was I he tasted French? like vanilla. Yeah, he was. Um, he's very. He was quite French, but like very good English. Good enough English that, you know, we didn't have to. Well, he could ask for the things he needed. Yeah, a kiss <laughs> like kisses and <laughs> running and, and cake and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Claire, that story is amazing, and I'm going to be honest. I've done a 180. Okay, in the, thank in the you. process of you telling the story, in the beginning, I'm like Claire, no, 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 no. And by the end of it, I'm like, yes, Claire, you, of course. Yeah. And rem- I wrong. think I would have done the same, to be honest. Especially at that age. Uh, yeah, I would have done the same. No, I know like, I would have. Yeah. It's some, there's something, there was a, a, a magic to it. And I look back on it fondly, even though at points I'm like, oh, don't, you're gonna die. Even though I know I don't die, I'm like, sounds like I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is, there is something kind of magical about it. And there is something to be said, although I'm sure a lot of people will be like, no, Lindsay, there's something to be said about intuition when you're with another person and going, no, we're on the same vibration right now. We, yeah. we get what's going on or there's a little twinkle in the eye that this is a joke as opposed to a mad, a madman mad. and we're gonna get murdered. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Claire. I'm happy you're alive. Oh, me too. Um, thank you for sharing that near-death experience for the near-death experience episode <laughs> of Truths Be Told. <laughs> um, anything you'd like to promo? Um, yeah, I do the Second City um, Touring Company 
uh, every Monday at Second City. It's 51 Mercer Street. All the details can be found at secondcity.com. Oh, boy. Is she doing uh, the outro of the show? <laughs> we have an improv set starting in five minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And um, other than that, most stuff can be found on my website at claremcconnell.com or at, at Freckle Galaxy on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. At Freckle Galaxy because she's covered in freckles yes all right thanks for joining us trekkies and thanks for joining <laughs> me claire bye-bye okay so i decided to do something a little different this week um of course i brought on guests who told stories about experiences meeting strangers but i thought it would be very appropriate to have a guest on who was a complete stranger to me. So I literally walked out of the studio and I thought the first person I see, that will be the person I will ask if they would like to be a stranger and a guest on this show. And uh, I met this gentleman. Hello, could you introduce yourself, sure, sir? I'm, I'm Gary. Gary! This yeah. is Gary, everybody. I'm Lindsay. I'm going to shake your hand. Oh, nice Hi, nice to meet you. You were just sitting at the bar and you'd just been served a drink. What are you drinking? It's a uh, wild turkey. Wild turkey. What is that? The scotch? Uh, yeah. N- nice. Yeah. All right, Gary. Uh, Gary, you seem a little apprehensive. I get it. I, I kind of... It's strangers. It's, right? it's, we're strangers. It's weird. But I feel like I'm going to ask you a few questions and just interview you and see if we can have even a micro connection okay. in this moment. So, Gary, um, if there were three things you wanted to ever tell a stranger about yourself, like three facts about Gary... What are three facts about yourself, Gary? Um, totally really into music. You're really into music. Really into music. What's your favorite musician? Um, it's the very, very wide range. Um, depends on the mood, I guess, more than anything. Depends on your yeah. mood. Okay. All right. When you're sad, what do you listen to? I never get sad. You never get sad? No, I, I, that's a, that's a lie. Um, David Sylvian, probably. David's okay. Yeah. Great. I'm going to note that in my head. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's something else about you? Two other. I love cooking. You love cooking? I do. I yeah. can't cook at all. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you're good at cooking. So cook- if you invite me over for dinner, you're going to get takeout then is what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's what happens every time. Yeah. What, what do you cook? What's um, like one of your dish that you're very proud of? Um, I, I do like this... Uh, white fish and uh, red curry Thai oh my God. sauce. It's kind of nice. That sounds amazing. Seems to be get good reviews every time. So Hey, okay, that's yeah. very good. And uh, one more thing about yourself, and you can, you can get as personal as you like because we're never going to see each other ever again, Gary. Don't say that. You never know. You never know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love traveling. You love travel? Yeah. Where have you been? Where was the last place you've been? The last place, sadly, Florida. But um, before that, uh, Costa Rica. I was there last year. Costa Rica? Yeah, went for a week and just traveled mm-hmm. around the country. It was great. Do you, mind me, do you mind me asking what, what you do for a living or what you're... I am in advertising. You're in advertising? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you come up with slogans and things? Uh, yeah, I mean a bit of everything. A little bit of everything? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, uh. So do I get to ask you? Yeah, questions? I would love you to. How long have you been doing the podcast? Oh, I've been doing this podcast for about, oh, I guess five months or something. Mm-hmm. It's been going pretty good. That's good. I mean, we're, we're looking for advertisers, so. 
Oh, okay. You know, you. <laughs> I don't know if I can help you there. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this for about five months, and it's actually done really well. I mean, you've never heard of it, but it has done. It has actual listeners. I guess I should probably start listening now. Huh? Yeah, Gary, there are people that are listening to this. This isn't just like me listening to it. Oh, great. There are people. Good. Um, uh, Gary, have you ever been in love? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like a few times or just one time? What type of love are we talking here? Like a deep romantic, yeah, I thought. I've been married for 30 years. Are you married now? Yeah, yeah. I just celebrated in like uh, the end of last month, 30 years. Really? Yeah, I married my high school sweetheart. <gasps> okay. So we've actually been together for like 37 years. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so I, gotta, I always try and ask people sure. who've married their high school sweetheart yeah. this. Does that come with so much doubt? Like, because people are like, oh, I never experienced other people. Did you have a phase where you were like, oh, my God, I... I Not really, no. no. No? It was just, you've always just known? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's rare, but, you know, it happens. What's your partner's name? Brenda. Brenda, okay. And when... Can I, do you mind me asking? Sure. Because, you know, we'll never see each other again. <laughs> um, when you first saw Brenda like were you like in a math class how did no, you meet Brenda I can remember it like as yesterday well, how well I was going to high school and I'd never seen her before and she was walking in through a set of doors strongly backlit um and she strongly black backlit strongly you remember backlit. that oh, yeah it's like it's it's emblazoned in my brain um and I remember what she was wearing she was wearing like a pair of uh light sort of lavender pants, lavender tank top. She had really long red hair. I'd never seen her before. And at that very moment, it was like, I need to get to know this girl. Really? Yeah. You actually felt that that yeah. strongly about someone you just saw? Yeah, so I just made it my mission to like use any friends I could possible to try and get an introduction to her. That's amazing. Yeah. Does she remember as strongly how she met you, like when you've talked about it? You know what? I don't know. She probably didn't because she was kind of looking down. So there wasn't, I don't know <laughs> if there was that reciprocal kind of like spark that happened. Right. More probably on my part. But um, yeah, it didn't take long that she found out that I was interested in her. So there. And right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, what would you say as a person who's been you've clearly been in a successful relationship a long mm -hmm. time? Um, what do you think the key is to that? Just giving each other the freedom to be the person that they are uh that's a that's a unique one i haven't heard people oh, really? specifically but that's a good one yeah, letting them be who they want to be is going to grow in their relationship and i think just being accepting to who they are and their growth they're going to go through as people um and being open and you know that's wow. that's kind of been it do you have any questions for me? You can. I asked you something so serious. I don't mind if you ask me something okay. incredibly invasive. Because uh, no, I, I, you know, no. I, I'm happy to. I'm a bit of an open book, so that's totally cool. Okay, cool. Okay, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. You're a wonderful guest. Thank Is there you anything so you'd like to promo? I always ask people that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No? no? Okay, that's fine. All right, so I'm going to stop bugging you. You can go back to the bar and have your wild turkey. Okay, thanks. Thank you for being right. on the show. Cheers. <laughs>
And that was my brief discussion with Gary, the stranger from the bar. Uh, Gary was just sitting out there with a hat on, drinking his wild turkey, whatever that is. (laughs) And I just felt drawn to him. Mostly by eyesight, because there was nobody else around. But when he was sitting across from me, let me just tell you, it was very awkward at first. You probably felt that. I felt like I had trapped someone in the room, and he looked uncomfortable. But as soon as he started telling that story about his wife, it's like he blossomed. His I saw a change in his face, this relaxation, like he went back in time and was living the moment again. So... That was a little micro connection, and I see it as a win. I really do. Go talk to a stranger today, guys. You know, make eye contact on the subway. There's, we all have a Gary out there, is what I'm trying to say. We can all have a Gary. Welcome to the panel discussion. I'm joined by two amazing comedy ladies. I have with me uh, Anya Davis, who is the, not only is she the stage manager at Comedy Bar, who has all the comedy tech skills, but also she's a fantastic sketch performer. Hi, Anya. Hi, how's it going? Good, thank you. (laughs) I'm also joined by, oh, the lovely and giggly, the most giggly person I think I've ever met in comedy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's starting already. <laughs> Alessandra Vite. She is known for um, being the former head writer of the Sketchersons, mm-hmm. one of the top sketch groups in the city. Um, also, she has a CBC comedy show called Questionable Relationship Advice. Yeah. <laughs> and she was also on Second City Turco with me. So I always feel comfortable in her presence. Uh, Alessandra Vite. Hello. Hi. Hi. And Anya was the stage manager when I was the head writer. Yes, that is true. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah. This is a little reunion. It all Lovely. worked out. It's only been like a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just left. How's retirement? Good. Uh, it's, it's actually it's pretty great. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. What's it like on the other side? I just sleep on Sundays. She yeah. has a beard. You can't <laughs> no, see it. I do. I know that. Not shaving anymore. I'm like David Letterman now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks for being on the show. Today's theme was strangers. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about strangers. So I'm going to jump in with a question. Anyone feel comfortable answering it? Go okay. ahead. Um, Chit chat, small talk. Do you guys make small talk with strangers? Strangers make small talk with me. Like, I have a thing where people come up to me on the street often. And if anyone is lost, they meet eyes with me and talk to me and ask where they could go. And I'm not helpful. I don't know directions. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Do you like people talking to you? Do, you? do you like that small town feel or is that not N- your thing? No. I must give off something, though. Like, since I was a teen, this was always happening to me that people. And it's not like old men or anything. It's like Everyone. Old women, young people, they all talk to me. I don't know. I must You have look- a kind face. That's what people call that. <laughs> Too open. <laughs> There's an openness. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But sometimes I'm like busy and uh, and people will bother me. And I don't like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's fine. You're, you're a very like warm person. I will say this. Like, you, I won't you, shut them down. Yeah, you don't shut people. I've never seen you shut I something down I, I i think i am and then i'll look back on it and be like oh that was just a gentle like interaction or whatever <laughs> <laughs> what I'm you? like the opposite like i uh i live in little portugal uh, in toronto oh, and 
I love it there and it's the first place since I've moved to Toronto that I feel like like I'm at home and because of this I guess because I grew up in a small town I forced my way into making friends with everybody in my neighborhood and I didn't want to it was just like the small town like coming up you have to know your neighbor's name I have to know everybody I know everybody in every shop and like I have depression and there are days where I just want to like be like walk to the store grab like an avocado and like go back and like you know be miserable in my home (laughs) and I can't do that because there's I know I I forced my way into all these people's lives that like everybody I see in the neighborhood is like hey Anya and I'm like no not today well (laughs) wow that's you really took a sharp turn there I love love it well the the good news is like if anything were to happen to you people would people be like well I see her every day at the one I was gonna say that's what I like like I lived in Little Italy and I know that my neighbors were very nosy and at first I was like that's kind of annoying but I was like you know what I'm not against it because if something bad happened they'd know yeah and they'd help maybe I don't know (laughs) I heard them fight a lot though it was bad (laughs) oh you guys all right (laughs) we're finally saying it (laughs) Italians expressive oh yes yes. it was not great actually once I heard the fight early in the morning and then I came out and there was cops on the street oh Oh, boy um do you guys make um, eye contact on public transit? That's you- where I turn into Alessandra, uh. where I make the mistake of making eye contact with people and then people want to talk to me. And I um, I was very, like, in high school, I was very awkward and uncomfortable and I trained myself to make eye contact with people (laughs) and now I make too much of it which is probably why I ended up meeting everybody in my neighborhood because I made too much eye contact and now on on this the subway and stuff people love to talk to me and I just Mm. do not nothing wrong with (laughs) training yourself to make eye contact I still have it even though I'm an open person I have issues with eye contact for sure uh but on the subway I I would say I'm a, I characterize myself as a horny person, and I so, like, sorry? like a horny a hornier person. <laughs> You're a horny person <laughs> yes. on the subway, and well, just in general on the subway, I feel like I look at men probably <laughs> like I will not like leer. I don't rubberneck, but I will keep my Vite, eyes. Vite, are you the one that we were <laughs> told about the stranger danger? But was you? Do you ever, I don't talk though. I don't hit on anyone. I just like to know what my do options are. Do you ever fantasize are. your life with this person? And so like when I was in grade. <laughs> seven and eight I had to go to the school uh, that was far and so I took the same bus route every day and there was this guy that I called my bus time lover and I would just be like oh my bus time lover is here <laughs> so yeah like in grade seven and eight I did not so much anymore but that guy was cute when I, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> when I first moved to Toronto they were like I was so, so blown away with how beautiful everyone was that I would sit on the like the street I had that experience too and I would just I would like find some person that I thought was attractive and I would like picture our lives together and then like I'd have this like beautiful romance in our head in the like 15 minutes that I'm on the streetcar and then I'd I'd get off or they'd get off and everything would be torn asunder oh (laughs) that's so funny I would be miserable (laughs) but I relate to you on the uh, moving to Toronto and then being like everyone's really attractive here it's like when you first go to Montreal and you're like Yep. Oh, for yeah. me, that, that was New York because I grew up and like born and raised here. So when I went to New York, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's <laughs> literally models. But in Toronto, interesting. Yeah, we are attractive. I think that like both equal men and women. But like the men are my type, which is like spindly and small. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do and like it. You do. You have I a like, certain type, like don't you? I like frail. <laughs> <laughs> you like a little frail guy. I like I'm tiny and tight. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. I'm a horny person. So. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Alessandra just had a massage before mm-hmm. she came Very here. Loose. So she's, she's loose. I had someone literally roll me around. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So uh, here's a question. You mentioned earlier that uh, <laughs> you used to work room service, mm-hmm. Alessandra, at the the Trump Hotel. It's not the Trump Hotel anymore. I think it's the Adelaide Hotel now. That's such a, like, there's something very romantic to me about that job. I don't mean, like, sexy romantic. I just oh. mean, like, um, like exciting. The idea of the, you're like a bellhop. You wear a fun <laughs> outfit. You you see people in straight states of undress, I'm guessing, if you're well, working room service. I, I only did it for two weeks I, because it was with a catering company. So we didn't always do room service. And I got to do it during the Toronto Film Festival. And so I saw, I saw, who'd I see? I saw Johnny Depp, not in his room though. And then I saw Naomi Watson. I saw her in her room. And apparently, you saw Naomi Watson in her room? She was mean. This is what. Why do I always hear that? I don't know. She's cold. (laughs) But the worst experience I had was with a stranger. Um, I was, uh, okay, when you do room service, you knock and you wait. You knock and you wait. And the whole thing takes about two minutes because you're trying to like give the person time to like come to the door and then if there's no one there then you go in and I did that whole process and right before I'm about to go in this man opens the door and gives me the dirtiest look I've ever experienced in my entire life like he looked at me like I was a bug and then went ugh, ugh, and then <laughs> passed by me and laughed and I was like oh I felt that like I've never had someone it was like a physical attack with a look. And then I got a cold the next day and I blamed him. <laughs> <laughs> you got a cold. Yeah. yeah. So my whole thing is that like, I can't believe that someone would look at a stranger like that. Yeah. You don't know me. And also I'm literally doing my job and this isn't a, a hotel room. It's not your house. Yeah. It's a public space. Yeah. I live here more than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very strange. He was like a producer or something. I don't know. Yeah. Strangers are, um, I've, we have like nothing to lose with strangers, right? There's mm. no stakes. So you, I get why some people feel like they can be a total dick because there's no repercussions. You're not going to run into them anywhere, usually. Mm. And like, like I've, I've shown an angry side of myself to some strangers that I haven't shown to acquaintances. Like, oh. like you know, you're on your bike and someone cuts you off in truck. I've actually, a car almost hit me once and I was in the bike lane. And I rode up to the taxi and I started smacking the back of it, <laughs> yelling like, what are you doing? Like a, like a crazy person. I do talk to myself on my bike. You do? Mm-hmm. Like, excuse me. Okay. I'm just like, as I'm going along. <laughs> if I'm mad at someone, yeah, I'll talk. So before I lose you guys, I'm going to just ask you one last quick thing. Oh, sure. Has there ever been a stranger that left an impact on you? A very short anecdote. Has anyone in passing ever stuck out in your mind? I will see uh, like mothers and children or just children in general and it makes me weepy on the bus. Really? Yeah. All the time. It's something like the love between the two. When you see love. Conditional love. There's pureness. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That that and uh, watching women give birth. Well, I mean, Sorry, I mean, what a stranger no, experience. Yeah, no, saw this the bus. no, no, no. Just no. women giving birth <laughs> in the park. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing, though, I, I will notice, especially like in a morning commute, because people are just themselves, even though they're in public when they're on the TTC, especially like a little kid. And it's very touching. And I'll often text my sisters and be like, oh, I'm just weeping on the bus right now. That's so cute. Because a kid, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I love seeing, um, I love s- 
seeing a father with a new oh yeah that is oh my I, goodness I'm, I'm a nanny and i like in the daytime and i walk around like parks where all like the kids are during the day and like there's we're at this one park there's so many like dads with newborns and it is just the it just the way that they look at them is just the oh, Anya's sweet getting so thing. horny. Well, it's just <laughs> Anya showing emotion. Right. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> guys! Thank you so much for being on Truth Be Told. Very quickly, promo whatever you have going on so that people can get to know you better. Sweet. Um, I write for the Beaverton, so go check out my articles. And then the questionable relationship advice happens the second Wednesday of every month at 1 p.m. on CBC Comedy and their Facebook page. So do everything you got to do to watch that because it's really fun. And next month we have Gavin Crawford, I believe. Ooh, yes. yes. All right. Yes. So that's Alessandra Vite. What about you, Anya? Uh, you can find me at Comedy Bar pretty much every night. Just <laughs> find me there. Um, but also I'm starting a new, I took a break from comedy and I'm starting back up with a new monthly uh sketch variety show called my dark holdings um the first show is october 29th like the store yeah like the store (laughs) that's great i i get it sometimes you gotta take a break and ease yourself back in and that's what happened when i left sketchers and you gotta do it you gotta take a little break and then find yourself again guys thanks for being on the show And that concludes our episode on strangers. Ooh, that was fun. Got a nice little mixed bag of experiences. Uh, Some were charming little Parisian meat cutes, and others were disturbing, traumatic (laughs) beatdowns. Oh, boy. And, of course, I made a new friend, kind of. Uh, I want to thank my guests who made the show fantastic today. I want to thank Rob Norman. Anya Davis, Alessandra Vite, Claire McConnell, and of course, the guy I know so well, Gary. Thank you, Gary, for uh, taking a risk and, and joining me in the booth. Um, I also want to thank Matthew Reed for the music that you hear on the show. Uh, the podcast photography was done by Catherine Fogler, so thank you to her. Big shout out to Kurt Furla, who did the podcast artwork. Thank you to Eggplant Picture and Sound, who are the whole reason I get to do this. So thank you, guys. And uh, I'm so happy to be a part of the Eggplant family and record here at the Pacific Junction Hotel on beautiful King Street East. I also want to thank my new sound goddess, Kim. She's amazing. She's great. She brings such warm energy to the room. She's not a stranger anymore. No, she is not. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Linzomullo. That's L-I-N-D-S-O-M-U-L-L-O. And if you want to watch clips from our interviews, you can see a video version of some of these interviews on YouTube. If you just search Truths Be Told podcast. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to uh, bringing more stories to your life. And remember... If you see a stranger on the street, they might be a friend you haven't met yet. So give them a little wink. Say hello. You know, learn your neighbor's name just in case you need to borrow an egg for your cake or something that you're baking. Just get out there and connect. All right. Be safe. Bye-bye.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.